0: all one word, and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. Isn't it time to tell your story? I'm Bill Mitchell, and this is When Dating Hurts, a podcast dedicated to my daughter, Kristen, and all women taken from us before their time by the epidemic known as dating violence. I will speak with authorities in domestic violence, law enforcement professionals, families of victims and survivors, and survivors themselves. This is the second part of my conversation with Melissa Byers.
1: So. I remember sitting there going like how do you do this? How do you really ultimately do this? And I and I didn't know. For a whole week I sat about this. How do you do this? How do you after three years, because we're in 2016 now of January, how mm. do I, for the past three years, I have in and out of this person, I have been beaten and shoved in every which direction you can think of. Awful. Been financially abused. You you name it. Ugh. What am I gonna do? So I thought to myself, no, you can do this, and I did, and I'll never forget the day I did it, and I'll never forget how I did it, and I will tell you, I honestly never thought it was going to work. I grabbed black garbage bags, shoved all his clothes in it, gave him $50, told him to go to his parents' house and to just never come back, and I said, and if you, <laughs> and if you come back, there's going to be repercussions, and I said, I understand you... You are the way you are. Like, I knew this, like, do you know how many times I had asked him when he used to beat me? Like, if, like, why don't you just kill me? Like at this point, like, I don't understand. And he'd be like, oh, cause I love you. So I, I was literally like, this is not love. No, no, no. This is not happening. Here's your stuff. Don't ever come back.
0: <sighs>
1: and he listened and he never came back. Because he knew I filed that police report, I think. And the district attorney's office had just gave me a call. Yeah, he left. And I was like, okay. And uh, my parents came and I said, okay, we need to get me a divorce attorney. Got me a divorce attorney. And as much as he would call me and as much as he would try to play these games, nope. And he didn't even show up for our divorce.
0: Well, he got the message
1: he really got the message of just go, like, don't come back. Like I'm done. Right. I'm not playing games anymore. Right. This...
0: Zero tolerance. Yes.
1: Yeah. My strength was so high. I think that what you get, and this is totally coming from my experiences. I was building it up throughout, even if I was letting him back in, I was still building it up this tolerance because of my coworkers, my coworkers knew at this point, because when I had to make that police report, I was horribly beaten that day. So when I went to work the next day, my boss is like, this is why I said, you can't go home. And like, these are the reasons why I've been the way I've been. Like, I know these stories. I know somebody who went through this and who ended up in the hospital. I knew at that point when people knew, my parents knew, um, I had a counselor who was in my corner. I had things, out of his name, only my name. When I had all these ducks in a row, I think at that point it really sunk in when she's like, do you want to go in hiding? It's like, well, why? Like I did everything you asked me to do. Like I I've done all the work. Like why? I don't want to live that life. Like I don't want to do that. It was that time to take that final Uh stance. And I knew that if something was going to happen, it's okay. I made that police report. I have the district attorney who's ready to go, but nothing ever came from that district attorney just so we're we're clear he's never ever had jail time he never ever had restraining orders nothing ever happened
0: how do you feel about that
1: i feel like he is a person who has gotten off a lot i later found out through all of my going through a divorce from him and this is my number one thing for anybody who dates or meets people off the internet. You Google search, you you search, search, okay? Because they all have passed, people have passed. But if I would have Google searched, I would have seen that he had priors, like an assault. He had battery assault on another person with um, a restraining order with two women at one time. So his first ex-wife had one, that girl had one. And then I show up into the picture and have this happen. So his little lies of like, I've never done this before. Yeah. Okay. well, Buddy, you've been doing it your whole life. Yeah. This is your pattern. And he never spent jail time for any of those either.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the whole idea of background checks because I don't know if it's like this today, but a couple of years ago, I spent all of $50 and did a background check on somebody. And I found a history lesson of his behavior from the time he was maybe 13 or 14. It's incredible what you'll find now. You won't always, even if you get some of these things, you won't get everything, but I will tell you there was a list of so many phone numbers he had had during the course of his life. All these were there for $50, addresses he had places he had lived, you know, not that he was a bad guy at every one of those places, but this was all there. I mean, it was incredible what you could just sit there with your eyes bulging out, looking like, whoa, this guy did a lot of bad stuff. He was accomplished in how to dupe people, how to manipulate and dupe people, much like the guy you're talking about. You know, they they get good at being bad is what happens. They become highly accomplished.
1: Well, and they found the right words to say, even in courtrooms and stuff, to get themselves off or to... Oh, get slapped on the hand. And for me, the background check is not even just background check. I mean, you could literally go into the court system and Google search, the uh, put the name into the court record system and whatever charges they've ever had will populate, especially in Florida is that way. So I knew that. So when I started seeing all of this, it opened my eyes to realize what did I get myself into? What am I going to have to deal with for the rest of my life? And, you know, the judge, when I went through my divorce, she did, she granted me full custody of my son. I was sole parental. He didn't even have parental access. And if he wanted the rights to him, he was going to have to go through the steps, right? So he was going to have to go through supervised visitations at a supervised location with this group. And, But for two years, he didn't even contact like he wanted to see his kid. Like his phone calls, we would try and nothing would happen. It wasn't until we went to court when he was trying to get custody, like have some of his access back, that a lot more had been divulged. We got his entire VA medical record. The guy has been trying to commit suicide by loaded guns. And he'd been Baker Act a whole bunch of times. And he had all of these things just trickling down and Here, he just got 100% mentally disabled. And so I've been fighting a battle with somebody who is a system player who chalks it all up to things that the VA locally in Orlando said they couldn't Uh find any record to give him that, but he got it from another VA. So I know what I'm up against. I still have challenges today. He was able to get... 50-50 50 more recent, and he hasn't stopped his behavior. He was recently just arrested, so he's never going to change. It bothers me that he himself has not had to face the actual truth for all of this. He hasn't served time, but yet he can go out there and do all these things. I've seen things that he's done other than just me. It's kind of sickening to know that our system is like that. You can get arrested, but it's... Eh, go by the wayside or oh a slap on the hand or oh you know you're this way and you feel like you can't take care of yourself but still you can still have access to a child and have the child in your care like that doesn't make sense to me No it doesn't There is a lot I have had to fight so I thought I was never going to find a relationship and I did get married again I found this person who I thought was amazing ignored red flag signs went right back through the cycle Even after thinking I was like, good, thinking that I had.
0: So time passes, this guy, the bad news guy, he kind of goes away and stays away for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then you're out there in the dating world and you find somebody and you get married. How does this go? This one.
1: Well, and I was really good about the whole dating. Like, I was dating. I was not real serious, serious with anybody because I just.
0: You're going slow, Lee, slowly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, I was still really working on who I was as a person, and I thought I had found that, but no. I mean, at this point, you, I'm in my early thirties. At this point, like, I think I'm let's say we're in 2017. I was like 31, 32 at that point. So I meet this person, and super great guy. Like, he has a daughter. He's Seems like a great father. Just, you know, we would take the kids out to the zoo together. We would do things together. And then I ignored red flags. I ignored the fact that he had a drinking problem. I ignored those aspects of life. And I thought to myself, here I am again. I'm going to be this fixer person. Like I'm looking back on it, which he did get sober. So I will tell you, he did go and get sober before we got married. But, and this is the but there's reasons to why we do things that we do. There's always underlying reasons. So you're not just an alcoholic because you want to be an alcoholic, right? You are not a bad drug addict just because you want to be a drug. I mean, there's always a reason. And mm-hmm. usually it stems from not wanting to either deal with something because it's a coping mechanism. So after he's sober for a while, and he went through some of these things with me with my son's father with going through these court hearings and stuff and he was really on my side and he was supportive at first and then the pandemic hit and we're all home together I decide I want to go back to school he's okay with that I got a new job he is he was not okay with me kind of bettering myself he started becoming kind of controlling like when I lost my one job and had to go to another it was kind of like well why are you why would you interview for that job or why would you want this position or why would you do that or and then I was like what is this Mm -hmm. you were fine when I was making good money and doing this position why is this all of a sudden an issue then it just kind of became really eerie actually the behavioral side like one minute he'd be really depressed and down and I couldn't get him out of bed and then the next minute he would be happy-go-lucky and I couldn't get him to go to bed so I'm like Are we manic depressive? Are we having bipolar moments? Like I know they said in treatment that you had some issues. So I was like, you need to go get this checked out. He was like, well, I just don't like my job anymore. And I was like, okay, well, what would you like to do? Like we could do this. We could fix this. Like this is not a problem. So he started a business and then the business became more important than me. And I was like, that's fine too. Like at this point, I was just happy if he was not in a mood swing coming at me. And at times it became physical. He would shove me or get in my face. And I told him, do not get in my face. This area is, you know, the facial area, the don't put your hands near my neck. Don't touch me in certain ways. Don't call me certain names. Don't do certain things because you're waking up a bear that has been in a defense mechanism mode before. And you're only going to push me in a direction you do not want me to go. And um, he was doing things on purpose. He knew my triggers. And he would do it on purpose.
0: Yeah, he'd go there anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He would have constant threats of like, oh, I'll just get a divorce. Oh, we'll just get divorced. And it's like, really? That's real mature to just be like, oh, we'll just get divorced. Like,
0: Throw it away. It
1: was constant like that. So things were doing okay. I was like, we need to go to counseling. And I come home from work one day and he's just gone.
0: Did he take anything with him or just Uh, physically gone? All his stuff. He's cleaned out his stuff.
1: Yeah. And this just happened recently. So this is very fresh.
0: So at this point, we're talking five months, six months?
1: Yeah. And um, I'll be honest. We were together for five years, married for three. I think in reality, as much as it was like, what do I do? I went into panic mode because he wouldn't answer any of my phone calls, text messages. His family didn't know where he was. Nobody knew where he was for like five days.
0: Where's his daughter at that moment?
1: She's with her mother. Okay. And I took care of her more than anything. Like He stopped doing family activities. He stopped doing a lot of stuff. And it had been a tough couple of years and I had to, my parents even noticed something was different when they visit the prior Christmas. And, uh-huh. and I, I knew that it wasn't healthy and my friends knew. And I uh-huh. got to a point where I was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to work hard at this. I can fix this. Like I was in it. Cause I was like, this is my third marriage. I am just sticking it out. This, like I can do this. going to
0: be successful. Yes.
1: Yes. No. And. Uh-huh. I still go to counseling. I've always gone to counseling and I applaud the Women's Center and all the places that help women. Do you
0: still see the same counselor from before?
1: No. So I used to see her all the way until 2019. I saw her again recently in 2021. I actually go to the Women's Center here locally. I have an advocate and I have a a counselor through them, which is great because I love supporting all of those nonprofits and organizations. So I go there and honestly, I thought, what do I do? Panic attacks, like all these things. It wasn't until three weeks after that I realized I was like, wait a minute, I am so good. (laughs) I was the happiest I'd ever been. I never even realized. It took me stopping in my tracks and realizing, wait a minute, I'm very successful at my job. And he hated that I got a pay raise. That was a problem. To get a pay raise, I got yelled at. I was like, wait a minute, I'm successful. I was able to get my own brand new car. I have a house in my name and I can pay for it I own it I can take care of my child I go to church i'm I'm fine like what 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 am I doing like this is re-
0: what's what's missing from this picture
1: right right so at this moment, I started realizing all the toxic things that i thought this person wasn't and yes. all of that started to dwindle away and all this happiness and all of this person of who i was when i was in that healthy relationship prior started to return mm. all the old me was coming back mm-hmm. the things i loved to do i started singing again started listening to my music again the music i liked that i could not listen to for five years I start even longer because my son's father was the same way. Like I couldn't do these things. And now all of a sudden I'm doing these things. I'm involved in my church again. I'm in my church choir. I'm singing at Christmas time. I'm doing these things. That's
0: wonderful. Wow. That I did not do. Yes.
1: I, for the first time at the age of 37, everybody gets to hear this. I'm okay with this. (laughs) Saw myself as a woman, not as the mother or a wife or a divorcee or Oh, just some girl I saw myself clear as day of who I was for the first time I saw me I saw oh. myself for what I look like for who I want to be not just outside appearance but inside appearance
0: that's very well put
1: and realizing that I know my weight had always been an issue for me and I know I had lost all the weight that I had gained and I did that on my own with a lot of hard work a lot of dedication yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I've put so much pressure on me to be this person, to do these things that I was forcing these relationships to be something they weren't because I couldn't, I couldn't look a certain way to something else. And I know that when you start to see the light and when you start to gain that confidence and when you start to own your own value and know your own self-worth everything else is different. Everything. I mean, I'm in a relationship now. He's my best friend. That's the reality of the truth. It was a pen pal friend. It's a friend of mine that we were just friends, like pen pal friends. And like literally somebody that we've said like, hey, we can only just be friends. Well, that doesn't work out. <laughs> but it's the best relationship because one, he will hold my hand. Two, we don't talk constant. (laughs) And we don't even really like to call and talk during the day or text during the day. We wait till the end of the day so we can tell each other about our day. Like we have something to talk about. It's the healthiest thing. Had to go through a rebirth of me to allow that to even happen. Because if not, I would have ended back up in the same cycle because I did it again. Like, you know, like I said, my last marriage was the same cycle. And it's because I did not really heal. I did not really grow. I did not really allow myself to be something else.
0: You want a relationship where your good day is his good day and vice versa. Not, for instance, like as you said, you get a raise and he's looking at it like, huh, as if that's like a deficit to him. You know, when you, it's not a seesaw here, you go up, therefore he goes down and he goes up and you go down and, you know, your victories should be shared, you know, like good for you. You work hard enough. You got a raise. That's what happens. You'll probably get a promotion soon.
1: Well, and that's the thing. And I had never had anybody be proud of me for my accomplishments. And I, during my domestic violence uh, marriage, I had three promotions, numerous awards, probably six awards. And no, that was not celebrated. So
0: don't bring that, whatever you do, don't bring that up at home. Right,
1: right. And so now that I'm in a job where I'm super proud of myself for what I'm doing and what I'm doing from our community here locally, it's nice to have somebody who not only appreciates what I'm doing, who I can talk with about it and who's like, oh yeah, you could do this or that. We give each other tips back and forth but also who helps me with my schooling. Like they're, they're eager to even help me continue my education. And I think that the best part is, is I'm allowed to be me. Like I can be whoever I want to be. Like I can say something and be like, Oh, oops. And they'll be like, Oh, you're fine. Like it's, it's cool. We know who you are. I don't have to sugarcoat, walk on eggshells. I am fully, fully myself. I think that You have to understand when you tell somebody that you have goals and dreams and they support you in goals and dreams, Mm -hmm. then that's a sign of like, that's the people you want in your life. Absolutely. The minute they tell you, oh, you shouldn't be doing that or you can't do that, run the other direction. Because in reality, even if you maybe really can't do that, nobody should ever tell you that you can't because you have to be able to tell yourself like, man, maybe I just can't do this anymore. Or uh-huh. you yeah. have to be the one who makes choices for yourself. And it took a lot to really get there. And it wasn't until I, I really got back into church that it really helped me see the light. Like, I will tell you that it was a long time coming, but when it clicked, it clicked.
0: You've had so many experiences over the years that... I was kind of waiting for that moment when all them, when all the experiences knit themselves together into something that's really great. And you've been through it all at this point, let's be honest. And the one person you needed to find was the best version of you. And you did, you know, and that's who you are now. I, I can tell from listening to you Yeah. and that's what needs to be encouraged. And unfortunately in these horrible relationships, it's not about being the best version of you at all. In fact, it's not about being you. It's being a version of yourself that the other person will accept. So you keep going backwards, backwards, and you become smaller and smaller. And if you like to play some sport, you can't play anymore because it's stupid or because it's hot. You don't get it. and You're no good at it anyway. You know, now you're being encouraged to be you and if anything, even create a better version of you. You're going to extra schooling or you're doing all kinds of things. And the church aspect is something that's kind of come along in recent years. That's great. And and I'm sure when you're in there, you're probably putting your hands together and thanking uh, our Lord or whoever made us and keeps us going for helping you in a lot of ways you probably don't even know, making the journey because you've you've made it to the best part of of you and that's that's it it's so obvious but you've you've had so much thrown in your way that trying to arrive at at the best version of you seemed almost impossible throughout everything you've been talking about because you're you're putting up with things coming at you left and right you're batting things out of the way you're dealing with things you're trying to prop other people up trying to help them you know you're you're the one that uh, I always used to say with my daughter, she was the kind of person she'd want to bring the, the wet puppy home, and can I keep them and take care of them, and you've had more wet puppies than I can count on my fingers. It's about time, it's about you, you know and and what you want, what you, Melissa want. That's what it's about. Good for you. It's a great thing.:
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that part of it has shown through my friends. It's amazing what they say and see now. I mean, these are people I see daily, like co-workers that are also my friends, and they're just like, you're just so different. It was like overnight. I just woke up one day and just was like completely different person. My life is so different. I couldn't have friends before. I couldn't go out. I was always isolated. Now it's like, okay, I can go out with my friends, and I've been going out with my friends, and I can have friends that are guys, and it's okay. Like, I am allowed to talk about them even, and- This person who's in my life now accepts all of it. It's like, oh, no, you can go hang out with your friends, see you later, like have fun. And then there's going to be times where the person's going to be with me. It's literally the ability to have a life. I have a real life. I do not have a a controlled life. I do not have a partial life. I have a full, complete life now. It's not pieces. It's a full puzzle. Like it's fully done. You know, it's forever going to be changing as we change as people, as we grow and get older. But the fact of the matter is, is I am able to freely move about and not be so confined. And it's really, really liberating to say that because when you've gone through so much trauma and you've been told you can't do these things or you'll be nothing without me or you can't this or this is horrible and this and this and this you are trying to please everybody else like you said and not myself and for once it's like myself is so happy and I'm so pleased it doesn't matter like if The relationship I'm in now just doesn't work out. That's fine. Like, I'm good with just being me. Like, I'm okay, and I know that I'm okay. I know that I can take care of myself and my son and still be happy and still have a great life. It's just an extra added bonus when you have somebody nice that you get to share it with.
0: You take that walk with that other person now, and that other person isn't trying to trip you up and tell you not to come along, and you've been kind of moving. You've kind of moved from one incarceration to another for For a long, long time. And all of a sudden, this feeling of freedom must be unbelievable. Every day in your head must feel sunny and wonderful.
1: I will tell you, it is, reasoning why I still go with my counseling is one, I still have to deal with my son's father. I will always have to until my kid's like 18, hopefully. However, the mindset, there is some anxieties that you will get. There's relationship anxiety. I will tell you, like, am I still really worth it? Like you have those moments. For me, it is something that I do have to struggle with now and then because this is my first relationship coming out of just finding myself. So to keep the confidence and to keep all of that, it was difficult at first, but I'm realizing it's just a training of your own thought process. And I have ways that I really can like get it out there. So like I write a lot. I write lyrics. I'm a, I'm a songstress. Oh, I love to, to write wonderful. all the time. Wow. I do that. I have my own daily routine. So I exercise a lot. As we all know, I, I, with all my weight loss and stuff, I'm an avid exerciser. In the mornings, I get up early. I listen to some podcasts with uh, some ministry podcasts to get my day started off on a positive note because I realize, like if you start on a positive, you can kind of keep it going for the rest of the day. I read a Bible verse every day. I have a grateful jar. I write my grateful every morning. You know, it's all about positive reinforcements to start because if i feel like if i don't do that way then i'm gonna let all the negative aspects of something that's gonna just start filling in and i don't want that and it's all about relearning how to deal with all of that even with my my son's father the engagement he can only talk to me through a court-ordered app but in reality it's knowing when to speak and when not to speak
0: it's smart yeah it's smart
1: it is it it really is because honestly like There is nothing more than abusers who don't have control over their victims Mm. anymore. We are now survivors and they lost that. And so now they find every which way they can still pull a string. And because we have a child together, the child is the string, right? Because that's the attachment. They're going to try every which way they can to try to do something, to do this, to do that. And every now and then I give in because it's like, oh, that's a stab right there. like that. I can't handle that. But most of the time, no. And again, it's all about keeping yourself mentally good, ensuring that you're doing the things for yourself that way. Like I said, I still go to my counselor. I still do things. I write. I walk. I do things to mm-hmm. clear that. Because if you don't, you'll fall right back into those patterns.
0: You've got it figured out at this point. You ought to write a book about this. I really mean that. I mean, you really should.
1: I honestly thought about it. I mean, at first, you know, I, I joke. I joke about my whole Lifetime TV thing, but I mean, seriously, I could totally be a Lifetime movie. Um, And my friends and I joke about it all the time. Like I could do it. I was like, well, it'd have to be a sequel because it's kind of long.
0: Episodic. No doubt about it. I see you on Netflix (laughs) immediately. Filming tomorrow.
1: Right. There we go. Let's do it. I do. I would love to write a book. I also do a lot of motivational speaking. So with my job, I speak a lot. I speak on things that I could do to help certain aspects of things. I'm also a leadership inside a national honor society for leadership and success. I do things for that for college students. My doctor, funny enough, my doctor thinks I should go and do motivational speaking for people who have my illness because of the way I handle it and the way I deal with it and stuff. So I have found this ability, I think to take what I've been through and make everybody understand is okay. Like at first I was very, very like, oh, I don't want people to know. Like, I don't wanna be looked Mm -hmm. at differently. But then I realized, no, 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 nobody's gonna look at me differently because when they see me, they do not even, they can't fathom that I went through that because of how I present myself and how I am. And it's okay that I have a backstory like that because a backstory like that gives you strength for the next day. You know that you're gonna have moments of weakness but it's a strength. And for that, I just want everybody to know that you may feel weak today, but you'll be stronger tomorrow. And that's how it literally goes.
0: Unfortunately, I have to go through the hard part to get to the, the strong part. No doubt about it. Yeah. And you're right. You know, you talk about you wouldn't want people to initially know your background with domestic violence. I feel the same way when I meet people and much like you, I've taken what's happened and I'm doing something with it. I'm actively doing something about it because I don't want anybody else to to be killed. And I don't want any other parents or families or friends to have to deal with the tragedy the rest of their lives when they lost somebody they really loved, like my daughter. So yeah, you have to kind of take that piece of information and use it wisely. In your case, they would admire you for it, but at first hearing it, look, there's a lot of victim shaming, you know, they might, they look at it like, well, why'd you let that happen? Or what'd you do for him to do that? I mean, a lot of people go right there. You know that.
1: Yeah. I think the the best one that I had was like, well, why'd you stay so long?
0: That's one of them. Yeah. Any, any minute I could just have left, you know, are you kidding me? I
1: I, I think, yeah. I wanted to be like, so how about you go and get into a situation and you tell me, well, why did it take so long? Like, okay, your tire is flat. Why don't you just change it? Do you know how? Like, could you just do it? Or did you need help? Did you have to wait? Like, I mean, there is no how you stay.
0: Especially when there's no spare, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there is everything in life. And that was one thing that I am not great with patience. I, I have to learn patience on some notes. But the thing is process. And I think everybody has to understand life is a process, but every little chapter of your life is a process. Things take time. If anybody expects you to be perfect or great after some tragedy or perfect and great after something catastrophic happening, uh, no, we all know there's a process and there's no timeline to a process with anybody because everybody is different. And I think everybody heals differently. Some people think that me going out and speaking and doing this is kind of like, oh, well, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And are are you okay with that? And it's like, yeah, I mean, what is it that's going to happen to me? I mean, honestly, at this given point, like I haven't already been through the ringer. What's one more thing that could possibly be so horrible? Nothing. I'd rather tell my story and have this help somebody else who may be going through it or maybe they've already been through it and they're still having this problem of how to find themselves. There is so much that you could do just by meeting people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are just scared to tell their story because they don't feel like they have a safe place. And that's one of the hardest things because of judgment. And we're so quick to judge somebody by just hearing something or seeing something. And it's like, no, There's so much more to what could be if you just stopped and listened.
0: You said a lot. Absolutely agree with every point that you're making there. It looks easy when you're not going through it. It, Like you say, like, well, why didn't you just pack up and go? Well, because there were hundreds, if not thousands of things that led up to that moment. And a lot of people who abuse people set up a world where that person can't get away very well. They don't have the keys. They don't have their credit cards anymore there's somebody back at the house, there's a, their kids, you know, they're financially messed up because this person has pulled the rug out slowly, but surely over the course of months and years sometimes. So it takes time. And I've oftentimes said it takes a while to get into one of these really unhealthy, awful relationships. And therefore it's going to take a while to get out of it and you need help. And the fact that you spoke with a counselor was a really great idea I always encourage people to pick up the phone and call the National Domestic Violence Hotline, for instance, 800-799-SAFE, 799-SAFE, and pick up the phone and and just talk with them. I've done that. I've just picked up the phone and talked with the person on the other end, and they're trying to help you. They're trying to save you 24-7, and they want to help.
1: And we have great resources, and usually every city has a resource, like a women's center or some form of a place, a shelter place that has things for you. They have groups. Um, I actually even attended um, a national group that was on like zoom. You could Mm -hmm. get on these zoom calls and it was pretty interesting to hear from women all over that have gone through situations and just hearing them. And some of them had just started out the process of a divorce just got out. Some have done it for like, they've been out of it for 10 years. It was interesting just to hear everybody and all their stories and where they've been and where they're going and, what point they're at. And I think that when you get into those kind of settings, no matter where you're at in your process, you can learn from others and they can learn from you because you all are at these different stepping stones. Yes. So I really liked it. And I I admired listening to these women who were from all these different states because again, state to state to state, you're gonna run into a lot of different types of policies, procedures, places that are just so different than what you were coming from or out of. I'd recommend going and looking into local resources, even look online for chat options. There's so many things out there. But I think the counseling for me was really the biggest turning point for me. You know, not everybody wants harsh. Unfortunately for me, harsh is what I need. Um, So (laughs) the harshness of it all, I don't think I would be where I am. If I had a real soft counselor, I think I would have just stayed. Because when I needed somebody to give me tough love
0: I love that part of your story i really I really enjoyed that in the best sense because it was it was showing you your world in black and white and saying there really are no gray areas and this person's listened to a lot of people and is way more knowledgeable than you and I will ever be about that so she's sitting there listening to you thinking if you don't wake up and if you don't move this thing in a direction that's going to help you specifically, then you're going to be in this a long, long time. So you don't have 25 options. You've got two options. Like you say, it's almost like witness protection or kick them out. And you went with the hefty bags.
1: Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I mean, it was cheaper. It was like you know, 10 bucks <laughs> And it worked. A big case right but you know it's funny and part of my thing is i stayed with her for a long time after and we did um emdr therapy so electromagnetic i don't know how the full thing but the pulsating thing it really did help because i was still living in that same apartment and so what people have to understand is i went through the whole steps of redecorating revamping what this place had because of all the bad memories now with the therapy session that I was going through with this dial that she used, it triggered my neurons to reconfigure how I thought. So my thought process was a little bit different. So now when I would go into my place, that bathroom, I could shut the door and not have a panic attack because we've reconfigured my mind to think of that bathroom differently than it being my safe zone. So I would not consider, is this person on the other side? I went through extensive therapy. Just to be able to live normal for even those few years where, even though I still ended up back in not the best of relationships, but it's the fact that like, for me to go to the same grocery store, for me to go through these things, I had to relive and retrain me how to do things safely, but also how to just live life normally. So. It is definitely something that you have to consider when you're going through this, that it's not going to be the guy's gone or the girl's gone or whatever you're going through. They're gone. Yeah, they are, but they're not really because you have psychological issues now at this point. Like you have damage, like you have memories, you have places that you've been, you have things that trigger. So that's why I just really, really do believe in counseling and these shelters and these places because they are trained professionals to help you get through those things. So you can live as normal Mm -hmm. as possible.
0: You're right. I mean, you have to, you have to put your past in its place. So you can have your future you can, or you can have today and your future. So to go back into a bathroom Mm -hmm. that used to be your fallout shelter while the bombs were hitting outside. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of work to turn that into a bathroom, a place where you brush your teeth and take a shower and use the bathroom and it's just a bathroom. It's just a room in the house that's actually quite nice versus war-torn Germany, you know, in World War II, where the bombs are were hitting you, and now you've it's become your. It's not a refuge, not a fallout shelter any longer.
1: Yeah, so true. And you know, even the thoughts of like, okay, what if this person shows up? Like, you have all these things, but you know, the best thing about it is having safety plans, and you'll learn all these great things that you never would have thought of. I get asked a lot and it's like the funniest questions ever. So are were you ever a police officer or was you, anybody in your family a police officer because of the way I act? Well, funny enough, my dad was before I was born, but no, I don't like to sit with my back to the door. I like to know where all my exits are. I like to know everything. And it's only because I was ingrained that if this person ever showed up again, I would know how to not be in a situation I didn't need to put myself into.
0: That's smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one has to ask you to do that. You just do it automatically now.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I I even really am interested in taking some um, self-defense classes. I just think that that's a good thing just for people to know in general, just because you never know these days. But yeah, like I, I just really think that as much as I've gone through a lot of things in life and even at young age, I think the amount of life I've lived has taught me how to really care about others in a different way, not have a judgmental mind. I do not, even to my beliefs, if somebody has something different than me and beliefs, that's fine. I see things so differently because I have mm-hmm. been through it all and I don't even think that I wear it that I've been through it all. And that's something that is truly remarkable because I'm shocked that all the stress and all this stuff has not worn on me yet. But it's all about a lifestyle now for me. It truly is. It's all about just living a healthy, happy life, keeping my son happy, healthy, and ensuring that what I can do for others, if this can help others. I mean, that's my path for right now is just making sure that others don't have to go through and endure as much as I had to.
0: Yeah. I admire you for that. And honestly, that's I'm not trying to create a backhanded compliment for myself, but that's what I'm trying to do too. I'm just trying to help that others don't have to have the experience either with the one my daughter had, which killed her and, and the one that our family continues to have, cause she's irreplaceable and she didn't need to die, but she didn't, she didn't know the warning signs and her friends didn't know. And this guy was bad news becoming worse and worse. And what's done is done, unfortunately.
1: And it's funny when you say those warning signs and you say the bad news and you say those things and it goes right back to when you say like, oh, people say, well, how come you stayed so long on this and that? But it's funny because you don't know warning signs until you're out. Like you can't see clearly because your mind is Mm -hmm. so gone. Like you think that what is clear is what's in front of you because you are so different. And that's the thing that people don't get. You are not clear headed. You are not clear minded. I mean, my mom and dad could tell me, oh, he's not a good guy. And like, he's mean. And I could be like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. You guys just don't know him. But I, that's how unhealthy these things are. And so you and I know this, that like, I can look back now and tell you all my warning flags, all my red flags, all my, all the bad, all the things from all these relationships. When I was in them, I couldn't tell you what they were.
0: You didn't see him, or you look past him, or if you did see him, you'd say, "Well, but there's so many good things. I mean, this is one bad thing, but there's 99 good things I could tell you, even if there really isn't 99. Exactly, three or four, but
1: but that's the point. The point is, is that nobody knows what's happening when you're in the moment. It's always after. It's just like an earthquake. You know, it's two seconds flat. You don't even know what's happening, but the minute that it's done, okay, you're you're okay. Then there's always the aftershock. That's what all of this stuff is—is really the aftershock because. you're looking back at like, what did I just go through? What, how did I let this happen? And I think that is something that people who have not been through this, who maybe are listening because they have friends who are going through it and they want to help their friends, to take that into consideration that your friend, your loved one is not in the right mindset. And so being there for them is not necessarily telling them to leave. Being there for them is listening to what they need in the moment it may be taking them for a drive to clear their head taking them somewhere to listen to them it may be telling them like okay well this is the number you should call this person let's get you to a counselor let's let's take you over here it may be that you have to do something like that versus telling them well why do you stay with him or or we know he's bad news or i know like that doesn't help that's not a reinforcement
0: no it doesn't help at all they have to get there on their own They have to have the light come on inside their head and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I can't do this anymore. And now I really want to get out of this. And then they have to know how to get out of it with a safety escape plan, something like that. And, and, Mm -hmm. And nobody who's in that relationship is going to be able to figure that out very well. Like you with your counselor, you need somebody to give you a checklist. Well, okay, let's talk about the financial aspects of this. Oh, yeah, okay. How do I do that? Well, here's what you need to do. Let's talk about the safety aspect. Let's talk about it all building up to the day you're out of there. Okay, you need to do all these things. You know, the cars in whose name. Okay, well, all right, this is how to deal with that. All those things, they all have to be figured out and then you make your break. But you don't just uh, shake some Mm -hmm. clothes into a, a little bag and make a run for it and think that it's going to stay away. And you also, like my daughter, I mean, she didn't know you don't break up with somebody all alone in a house or an apartment when you have somebody who's a ticking time bomb. And she didn't know that she didn't know you break up over the phone or you break up in public. You know, there's a whole episode we could do on that, about, oh, yeah. but I wouldn't want anybody to listen to one of these episodes and say, uh, okay, I'm ready to break up. So I'm just going to walk out of there. You're not going to just walk out of there. That person is going to make it incredibly difficult. So
1: the best time to do it is when they're not around.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, we've captured Literally. some of those stories and and they are breathtaking. I can tell you.
1: They really are. They are. I mean, I applaud so many people. I know a lot of people who have been through a lot of situations and I know some that being that I know warning signs and see things a lot clearer now that are in situations currently. So for me, it's really just a matter of just sitting back and hearing stories of others and then hearing mine and then seeing other people going through things, I at times think, man, you know, I look at the dates and I think, gosh, it's been 10 years since I first met that person. I got divorced three years later. Wow. It's that much time has already gone by. Like time moves. And I'm telling you, that is the thing about all of this is that when you're going and you're in these situations time is much different than what time feels like now even those days may feel a little longer time may feel frozen you may lose some time cuz you don't even remember things so it is a definitely a different different world
0: right melissa i deeply appreciate you joining me on the when dating hurts podcast it's obvious that yours is a message of strength and of dealing with just Incredible adversity, time and time again, different kinds of adversity. You know, just listening to this is really spellbinding. But then finally, regaining your equilibrium and your independence independence that you had when you were all the way back in high school and early college, and then saw it slip away like that. And you've clearly found an inner peace that you've earned, and you've done it the hard way. You know, you've done it really, you've done it right. You've arrived at a great place, but but none of this was easy to listen to and none of it was easy for you to experience. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of this. I mean, if I were to guess how many takeaways there would be from this conversation we've had, there's, there's gotta be a hundred. I mean, it's just so rich in information. Thank you so much for opening up your life for all of us to have a look. It's been so helpful. Thank you.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I look forward to hearing it and I hope this helps a lot of people.
0: It absolutely will. There's no doubt in my mind. And I I get the emails after some of these run. And usually it comes in two parts, by the way. It's somebody will write me and say how helpful a specific episode was. And then they come right behind that and say, and now I want to tell my story. It's survivors following survivors and people who are currently being victimized, wanting to hear the story so that they have a clear idea of what's going on in their lives. And also a number of ideas of ways to get loose, get out of there. Everybody's helping everybody. I think it's just great. And it's been rewarding for me and I think for a lot of people. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: This ends part two of my two-part conversation with Melissa Byers. Thank you for listening. I'd like to thank my guests and my listening audience for their support. It is clear our listeners look for and play survivor episodes above all others. They get caught up between the forces of good and evil, all the time pulling for the moment a victim becomes a survivor. I am open to other victims and survivors who want to join with me on the When Dating Hurts podcast. We can shine a bright light on the epidemic of dating and domestic violence. We can improve lives and save some innocent people from a lifetime of broken dreams. If you want to tell your victim or survivor's story, please contact me at Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. That's Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com.